0: Friends, welcome to episode 152 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are you doing, Rob?
1: Honestly, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad, not too yeah, bad. Weather is starting to turn. I can feel it in my head, believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, snowing last night. 60 today or something 60, yeah 55 I you think know. something like that today yeah. it's a good good Michigan day you yeah. Know? yeah yeah welcome to spring <laughs> but uh kitties are generally healthy a little bit of a cold on one of them but uh otherwise cuddly and adorable yeah yeah the chicken cutlets are fantastic mm-hmm. but uh yeah so not much other than to say we have a show to do yeah, not much. Something uh, that opened.
0: We, we had Mouse Guard last weekend.
1: We did have Mouse Guard last weekend. And that, I again, I think it was a a good example of, we. I think we both looked at it the same, in kind of the same way as we played through. It was like something was different. And I think it was because the people were different. People were just a little off. Our storyteller, Matt, mm-hmm. even said at the end, he was like, yeah, it's was a little off. And I, I, I didn't realize how much it came off that way. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it a bad session, but it, it goes to show you that it does make changes. Even even when you think you've got everything organized, sometimes you sh- your your own personal energy going into it can really oh, yeah. change the way the game Absolutely. rolls together.
0: I mean, there's a lot of storytelling that's uh very much like burying your soul, you mm-hmm. know. And uh like I felt it a lot like with last week's episode, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like I said, it 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 felt like doing a campaign overview of my own campaign was almost like my final exam, you know, my senior Mm -hmm. thesis sort of thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I I was exhausted. Yeah. I'm seriously considering dropping out before mine
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we're done. That's it. No more, no more podcasts. We're just finishing. We're not going to do it. Don't you dare. (laughs) I'll just change things at the last minute. It'll be great.
0: (laughs) But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's no, it's no, um, uh, uh, Surprised that being, you know, in a, in a weird headspace would make your game a little bit weird, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: But at the same time, still was wonderful because the mouse guard is very narrative, so mm-hmm. it, it was comfortable, it was fun. We had a good time. Um, and uh, we had an, our new player who joined us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who I think did great. Yeah, Especially for someone who, A, hasn't gamed in a very long time and the last time that they gamed they had horrible experiences you know we we have
0: several friends like that too who mm-hmm. are just like you know oh yeah i I tried i tried role-playing once it sucked and i never went back and i, I don't yeah. understand people who do that and yep uh i i feel like personally responsible for sitting each and every one of them down at a table and going like all right look <laughs> point on the book where they hurt you <laughs> right where you're gonna have a good experience if it kills me <laughs> exactly exactly so uh uh anyway we do, we do have a show tonight um and that show is all about consequences.
1: Yes, consequences. We're we're, we're not talking about consequences outside a game. We're talking about your your characters, your players, uh <clears throat> their their character actions and what those consequences are. And we use the term consequences cuz it's not just a pass fail thing. Um that is a common uh point. Uh mm-hmm. it is what is oftenly used and it's not bad we've talked about it through other systems Mm -hmm. um where you'll uh, instead of having a failure where it is a direct negative a critical failure if you will you know that causes horrific things that it leads to something else that there's that it is a extension and and by right it continues the narrative yeah you know whether it's in a new direction or or what have you
0: yeah you know. um, basically consequences are just all the stuff like you've heard of the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. you know, a butterfly flaps its wings in California and creates a hurricane on the other side of the world or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the consequences, all we're referring to with consequences is all the stuff that happens after the butterfly flaps its wings. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if, the, if a die hits the table, there's going to be some consequence. If, your, if a PC takes a definitive action, there should be consequences for it. Whether those consequences are good or whether they're bad. You know, everything remains to be seen in how you adjudicate them and what the system calls for.
1: Yeah, and and I'm I'm gonna bring up a quote here at the beginning, uh, and reiterate it again at the end because I think it's it it says enough that we've and we've said this before multiple times, and that is that uh, when you are making when you're you're asking your players to make a role, it should be a, there should be a reason behind it. Yes, you should know that there is something beyond it that is important and it if your adventures are just a series of doors make sure all of those doors have a purpose mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so let we're we're going to kind of start with that mentality so we're not just talking about like random things that happen we're we're talking about having consequences when you ask your players to make a role and you're thinking about those consequences and what they can mean mm-hmm. so now There are a lot of different systems that handle this differently. Yes. Um, Yes. The most notable is the binary pass-fail system. D&D 5th edition has that. Almost all the D&D editions have Mm -hmm. that. Um, So it is a design that... uh, It is just a straight success uh, and failure kind of design. And it doesn't really give you any gray space.
0: Yeah, rule as written... Um, at least, mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, dungeon masters will, um, take liberties with the system, you know, and especially high role might get, you know, better results and mm-hmm. especially low role, you know, under, under the, the, the difficulty class needed, mm-hmm. uh, might get especially egregious results. But, um, but rule is written. That's not technically, that's, that's, that's DM embellishment at that yeah. point, you know? And then
1: i guess for me there's like this whole other layer that i see and that is is the d and d has become a social effect and people who are not even attached to d and d never played it never picked up a book probably never even watched an actual session of d and d have commentary on it you know they have you know you see it in um uh what we you know what we commonly refer to as like mistakes in shows where they show people playing d and d or some variant that is supposed to represent d and d and making roles, and what they're doing doesn't make sense for even role playing mm-hmm. but the thing that is categorically the same, which is the one or the twenty, you know I roll a twenty, and amazing epic things happen that are outside of all design and mechanic. Right, or if I roll a one, it's so critical my failure that I literally kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that I think probably really has kind of changed the paradigm of how players come into D anD D and their
0: expectations. I mean, I I don't I don't know that I, I would put as much weight on like pop culture media as you would. Um, I think I think a lot of the stuff was prevalent in the gaming space before the the common, you know, the mainstreaming of D&D that came with uh, things like Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do agree that there is this sort of mythification of the Nat 1 and the Nat 20. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing I, I, I say a lot is that uh, negative experiences often come from mismanaged expectations. Yes. Okay, If a player has an expectation that something is or is not going to happen and that thing does or does not happen... In a, you know in, in in defiance of their expectations mm-hmm. they will they will have hurt feelings over that whether those expectations were realistic or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times have we sat down at a table that where a game system has a D20 in it, and someone rolls a 1, and they, and every, oh, crap, everybody just does that at the table, and yeah, you're like, it's like it's, it doesn't rule mean anything. It's written,
0: it's not any worse than rolling 1 under the difficulty class, which is 15. Right. A 14 through 1 are, yield the exact same results, yeah. you just didn't pass, you know. Yeah.
1: You know, but, but there's that thing, you know, or, or when somebody rolls so excessively over. Mm-hmm. That they're they're thinking that it should mean something excessive as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've had that happen at my tables too, where it's like, you know, uh, I'm gonna roll a persuasion check to see if I can get them to do this thing, and I'm like, okay, roll a persuasion. They're like, I rolled a 36, and they just smile at me smugly, like, like that means that it's mind control now, and you're like, that's not at all how that works. Like, you're yeah. they're they're still gonna go. Uh, all right, I'll reluctantly do it, but I still hate you. Like, but I rolled a thirty-six. I don't care what you rolled. Mm-hmm. It was over the difficulty class. You passed. It's not mind control suddenly because you hit thirty. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, but there are some systems that allow for those things. Um, Powered by the Apocalypse, for example, has a partial success system. Yep. So if you're if you're under or over, you you have this, or mostly for this under. You can still succeed in some way, mm-hmm. but there's a consequence that follows into that.
0: Yeah, typically powered by Apocalypse, it's going to be 2d6 uh, mm-hmm. dice, and then 6 or lower is a failure. 10 or higher is a full success. You you achieve the full desired effect of, of what you were trying to do. Right. And then you've got this weird gray area in the middle with 7 to 9. Uh, 7, 8, and 9 is a partial success, and that's going to be... Um, there's a lot of ways to interpret those mm-hmm. um uh some of them are success but with consequences mm-hmm. like we were talking about um where uh for instance like in dungeon world um your attack may do damage but they may get like to repost and mm-hmm. do damage to you in return right. um you may climb you may successfully climb up the uh up the hill or you know up the up the, up the cliffside you were you were climbing but um an item of your equipment comes loose and tumbles down the mountainside
1: mm-hmm
0: Yeah, choose an item and discard it yeah you know yeah uh sort of stuff and so you've got this neat little gray area where Mm -hmm. like stuff almost happens right but you lose some resources
1: yeah and i mean and to talk about that to another degree mouse guard has that as well where the narrative will continue but you'll like you're trying to cross a river Mm -hmm. you guys don't get enough successes Okay, you've made it across the river, but you're tired, which yeah. is a condition, yeah. and you've lost some gear, mm-hmm. you know, and now and it takes you a day to retrieve the important things, yeah, you know, and and but again, the story continues, but now you're a little later, you're a little more weary. And that affects the story going forward.
0: Yeah, my entire character arc was, was, was changed over a failure like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, laying mm-hmm. down the, uh, the western scent border and I had yep. all these toxic chemicals that my character has no experience with and I'm trying to use them and I, I botched that role horribly. And they're like, and I'm like, oh god, you know, all of the kingdom is going to die now because I didn't pass my, my role to, he's like, no, 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 you still do it. Like, mm-hmm. you're still just dumping chemicals on the ground, but, You get them all over you, and you're saturated in them, and they they get in your lungs and stuff like that, and now you are sick. You have the sick condition. And then that... We couldn't get that cured for, like, two game sessions after, Mm -hmm. and it's utterly changed how I play the character now, you know? Yeah. But, you know, things didn't utterly fall apart the moment I failed that role. It was a very, very important role, but the story moved on, you know? Yeah, and... Uh, there was success with consequences. Correct,
1: correct, and we'll we'll kind of get into a bit more of that. Well, we we'll kind of we will get into that a bit more later. Um, but to go on, we also have opportunity and complications that some systems have. Star Wars uh, L Five R Seven C Second Edition has that uh oh, but you skipped one oh, that's true there's the margins for success which we'll back. 7c has but mm-hmm. the the but I kind of wanted to step into this one because it incorporates both success and opportunity mm-hmm. and I think that's an, a stretch from uh, from where we were talking about where it's not just a matter of of failing or succeeding, it's says if I get a success and I have extra, I might also extend the success to an additional opportunity, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good way of doing that because that makes those heroic sized roles that we have the 35 on persuasion offer not necessarily more than what you were trying to do, which was to persuade that person, but maybe it also raised your status with other people in the space. Yeah. You know, maybe because of that, someone else comes to you and says, I saw the way that you handled the situation and I would very much like you to speak to our diplomat. You know, I think you could also, you know, garner some interest from him. Fantastic. You know, and and it opens up more story options. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think those kinds of things, as well as the failure or choice of failure and an opportunity versus a failure and a complication also set that precedence. Meaning if I don't have enough successes to be able to complete the task and maybe something I saw that was available as an opportunity, I can choose to fail and still get the opportunity. The thing that was there, for instance, one of the, the, the most common ones is your group has to make it, you know, the, the building's on fire, you have to make it through this room, and there are guards in the space firing arrows. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, to, to make the success, you you know, your first success is to cross the room. Your complications that you also have in that are damage from the fire, damage from the guards, Uh, all, but also in the room under, you know, uh that's available is the map, which is still on the table. Yeah. You know, that's an opportunity. So... You have to make success just to get through the room. Mm -hmm. You're still going to take damage, but you're going to complete that task. You know, the two complications are then you have to make the decision on, okay, well, I made two successes. Do I not take damage from one of the two sources? Or do I take the damage and get the map? Mm -hmm. You know, or do I assist another player with some of my successes to help mitigate what they take? Or I take it upon myself. Right. So it's things like that that can really make a difference. Um... And that's why I kind of wanted to now step to the margins of success and Well, failure, well, well hang on. Right?
0: I think there's still there's still stuff to discuss with the opportunity and complications. Cause, okay. Uh one, of the, uh one of the big systems that does that really well is all the fantasy flight games. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where, where this originally kind of uh, came up for me was like Legend of the Five Rings and Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm uh, honestly
1: trying to remember the Star Wars stuff off the top of my head, but please uh,
0: th- think more Legend of the Five Rings. So I'm pretty sure that's a refresher in your mind. Probably. Um, but you've got on your on uh, on the dice, um, you have opportunities and complications oh, that's right. that come up on the dice themselves. Right. And so what it does is it creates a four axis sort of outcome possibility where you still do have your success or failure because you still need um you know certain amount of successes to be able to you know pass the threshold of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. typically only one but it might be higher depending sure, on what you're trying sure. to do. um but on top of the success or failure on your dice you've got opportunities and complications mm-hmm. or strife i believe they call strife, it yeah. in in uh um in i think it's complications in Star Wars i could be wrong about that but one way or another there are positives and negatives that do not follow into the, uh, the success or failure of your actual intended task. And this is where you can get things like, um, a failure with opportunity. You know, you may have, um, failed to, you know, uh, outmaneuver the, um, you know, the other person in, in courtly politics. Yeah. You you still came away from it looking kind of like a jerk and they're they're still in an elevated status. You weren't able to talk, you know, talk circles around them and gain favor in the court. Right. Unfortunately. But you did get them to reveal a secret in court. Mhm. And now you know where the key to their hidden vault is. Right. You know. Um so you still lose face, but there's a side thing that kind of happens out of it. Yeah, I think that's a really like that's a super interesting system for consequences uh, for me because it it's it's a lot less linear than just pass or fail. Mm -hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, it's at the same point. Like I, it reminds me of the scene from A Few Good Men where they're escalating back and forth at the end of the movie, and he's just like, "Did you or did you not do the code red?" And he breaks.
0: You're damn right, I I would do it again. Yeah, he's like, "Oh." Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just lost some face in the court because the judge was just about to throw me out and, and declare I probably, a mistrial. Right,
1: and I probably did do a few things I shouldn't have done, which is going to cause me future harm. But I just changed this case. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instantaneously. But I got the
0: opportunity. Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, does it change their outcome? No. Does it change his? Yes. hmm You know, did it probably save people in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, those are the kinds of moments that, that can really make a huge difference about those complications that mm-hmm. will, and sometimes in the system, if you're willing to just accept it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, the reason i I'm, I'm, I really love this is because, um, it, it kind of offers like a lateral progression to your story mm-hmm. where you may not succeed on the thing that you were trying to do, which would move the story quote unquote forward. Mm hmm. But, you know, as that old saying goes, when one door closes, another opens. And mm-hmm. this is exactly that style of of consequence mm-hmm. that opens up another door for you so the story can move sideways. Maybe not forward, but an opportunity is over and over here, and maybe we can try that one to move forward.
1: Right, right. Because you never know which direction your players are going to move. Yeah, you really don't. So. You really don't.
0: It's all about giving them opportunities to do so, though.
1: Yes, yes. Um. So then, I mean, I realistically, to wrap this up, you kind of got the margins for success, the 7C, the the White Wolf design, where
0: it's... Uh, Suede does this, too.
1: Yes, where mm-hmm. you've got Step these higher numbers that create raises or consecutive successes that sit yep. on top. And traditionally, that just scales the rewards
0: up. Uh yeah, but it can it can scale them down as well. Um, yeah, I was uh, listening to another podcast about Savage Worlds earlier today, and they were talking about how uh, Savage Worlds actually has four modes of 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 outcome, mm-hmm. and that is not just success or failure, right? But critical failure when both your wild die and your skill die come or trait die comes up as a one, right? And raises, which is technically like. Some roles are just if you raise at all, right. it's the same thing. It's kind of like a critical success, but then there are other roles where, like, you can just keep raising. Right. And four or five raises are multiple degrees of success. Right. You know? Right. Uh, I know 7th uh, C does that, too, where yeah. uh, you can keep raising on mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. We've got one one player in our table who uh, historically rolled, I think, a triple-digit number on a D10. Yes.
1: Yes, on on a couple D10, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was impressive to say the least. But at the same time, like the number of raises just was apocalyptic at that point. Yeah, and it was hard to figure out a, a solution as a storyteller that fit. You know, <laughs> it's it's the proverbial like the person shoots the gun and it's like you missed. Did I? And the bullet zings off of a hundred things, which causes all of this catastrophic failure and like the building falls down around them.
0: Some Rube Goldberg machine of bullets. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Exactly. So, um, but within mechanics, I, I thought I saw something that I thought was a neat way that sat on kind of top of things, a a homebrew, if you will, of mechanic that uh, I saw in the nerdologist. Uh, and that is, uh, in regards to failing forward, which is something we're going to discuss a little bit further ahead. Um, but the idea that you set forth to your players a, a still a success rate, but they need to gain so many successes. We do this in Mouse Guard mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. often, uh, and they have to in the person that was writing this said that the players would need to get twice the number of uh, successes equal, as equal to the player before they get the number of failures equal to the player. And it felt very much like the, the the pips from Mouse Guard to raise yourself up, yep. Um, and just doing that using different checks. So instead of it being you know immediately leading to combat, you have this point where like okay, you did not you know you didn't get through the door or you you're you know you're unlocking a door. Mm-hmm. Okay, you failed that check. All right, now we're in a consequence mode. How are you, you know, the door opens and behind it is, you know, uh, is a guard who literally was about to walk out and go to the John. Mm-hmm. He, he screams, how are you going to handle this situation?
0: Oh boy. Here I go killing again.
1: Exactly. But it doesn't have to immediately <laughs> lead into combat. You can present as like, okay, I, you know, to, you know, uh, I'm going to use my athletics to do this. Okay. He's using the athletic skill. What skill beyond athletics are you going to use? And you move around the table like that until you come back. Uh huh. And either they get the number of failures that fails out, or they get enough successes to counteract it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are, um, this is very much like, uh, sk- uh skill challenges in fourth edition D&D. They had these. Mm-hmm. And, um, these are very much like dramatic tasks yeah. in, uh, Savage Worlds. Yeah. W- I'm a huge fan of this style of play where, yeah. uh, using your abilities in, Interesting ways that all kind of compound onto each other for a full narrative. Yeah.
1: It doesn't mean that they're not going to succeed, but it allows them to succeed in a different way mm-hmm. and move the narrative and continue it going. So in all of that, we're really kind of talking about uh, the, me- the, the base mechanics that the system has forth. We're not really talking about the plot consequences behind that. Like, how does that change things on the other side?
0: yeah yeah not all none of these uh, all your consequences are going to be mechanical, and not all of your consequences are going to come from roles mm-hmm. you know um i mean interacting with a story should really feel organic mm-hmm. um and it needs to move with the characters so if they interact with the plot even just by talking to an n p c Whether there's a persuasion check or whatever involved, you know, there should be some action on the part of that NPC. Mm -hmm. There should be some movement in the plot.
1: Right, because they're interacting. Exactly. Every interaction needs to be logged in as a a storyteller and weighted in some way. I mean, granted, sometimes it's just access to an opportunity, Mm -hmm. which is a thing, but they're interacting with the game. They're yeah. interacting with your story. Exactly. With the story.
0: Um, I've got a player at my table who uh, frequently, whenever he's, uh, he's in his hometown, um, will donate uh, some, if not all, of his earnings from his last job to a local orphanage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we just haven't been around uh, the home city long enough to, to get there, but, we're we're, we're getting there in act two. So it'll definitely become a thing, but, um, you know, his good deeds should definitely have some positive effect on the plot. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily quantified into a mechanical number, you know, uh, uh, good reputation opens opportunities, um, that weren't available to him before. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe because he's known as a generous or kind person, you know, people might approach him with things. Mm-hmm. Uh uh he, he's going to reap some sort of benefit from that, mm-hmm. you know. Um consequently though, like if you've got a character who does something cruel, um, you know, this is, this is a, a, a typical one, like when you've got a murder hobo in the, in the, in in the party.
1: Thief, murder hobo, uh, general disgruntling person.
0: Yeah. Someone, someone who just sees that, you know, that, hey, I've got a powerful character who's got more hit points than you and can do X amount of damage in a turn. Ergo, I can get away with doing whatever I want in your D&D game. You know? Right. Right. Um, but you know, sometimes also there's just characters who are like this, mm-hmm. you know? Not because they're they're being they're being jerks at the table, just because they're a bad character. Um but you know, those things should also have consequences to them. Uh loved ones of the wronged party, or possibly the wronged party themselves if they're still alive to do so, sure. might seek vengeance. Yeah. You know? Um it might not be outright trying to kill them. There's a lot of different ways that you can seek vengeance on someone, you know, providing uh information to their to their known enemies mm-hmm. um you know basically just trying to have them shunned from society and doors like closing that. When, doors when you come in yeah, yeah, like, exactly. that was
1: one of the the ones that got me was uh, a, a a group basically murdered hoboed their way through something terribly mm-hmm. and instead of it having a consequence in the area that they were in because that area was fine with what they did yeah. They're like, they finished what they needed to. They're like, yep, uh, that's all cool. And then literally the next town that they go to, people are closing their doors, taking their kids off the street. You know, it's the, it's the bad guys came into town kind oh, of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, the posse. And then the you only see part-
0: that in the, in the, uh, the, the, the westerns, the all old time. westerns like yeah. time, the, the old, the, the open sign being closed, you know, flipped yeah. around to the closed sign. You know,
1: things shuttering up. And then the, you know, sheriff comes out and is just like, I'm sorry, we're closed. Like, what do you mean you're closed? Town doesn't want anything to do with you folks. Why don't you just, you know, mosey on out of here and you know, there's a two, another another 2 miles down the road, you'll find this place and they'll they'll probably be fine taking you in. Yeah. You know, and you're like, "Uh, but we're tired and we're here and we have money. We don't care." "I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You bring nothing but trouble and death." Yep. You, I, we we would like you to keep moving on, you know. And it's like, "Oh. Oh boy, cuz now you have to go and survive out in the
0: woods." Yeah. You know. You thought you were going to be able to sell some of your stuff or buy some new healing potions. None of those resources are now available to you. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, granted, yeah, bandits, when they see you, they're, like, running away. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they might, you know, they'll, they'll steal from a normal person. don't not kill them or anything like that. But you'll literally just outright murder bandits.
0: Like, whoa, whoa, you're, sorry, don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. So, um... Uh, the other one that we've talked about, too, a little bit um is, like, when you've got a choice between an A plot and a B plot. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, there should be some consequence for not choosing the other plot. Okay. Um, And, I'm again, we, we talked about this. There was a whole, I think, show kind of dedicated to, to uh, you know, plot advancement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember exactly the, the, the scope of the discussion, but I remember this coming up before where mm-hmm. we talked about not having it be like, apocalyptic consequences. Like, right, right. If you choose to go stop the big bad evil guy from getting the magical artifact in the ancient buried temple, right. you shouldn't send, like, a dragon to destroy a town. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know, like, because... As a storyteller, yeah. What you're going to do is teach your players never to make a choice ever again, right. because it will always be the wrong choice. Right. You know?
1: No, no, I'm with you. I'm
0: with you. Um, but what I'm talking about is stuff like, um, okay, so... Uh, in our, in my game, um, you're all part of a guild. Yeah. Um, and so there are other NPC adventurers, True. who kind of do the same job you guys do. You know. Yeah. So maybe there are two jobs you've got available to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go to this dungeon, or you could go to that dungeon. You choose to go to dungeon A. Maybe they get sent to dungeon B.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And consequently, they will have encountered the stuff that was in dungeon B. Maybe one of them comes back injured. Maybe they come back with a new artifact. Maybe they've got stories to tell about, you know, clues that they found there or some artifacts that they came back with or whatever. Um, you know, but something in the story should happen because Dungeon B is still there. Event B still takes place. Right. You know, and that should still show in your story. Um just basically because the world doesn't stop when your PCs aren't there to witness it.
1: Yeah. I like the, one of the things that's akin to in my mind is a discussion where a guy basically had, uh, it was like a, like a quest challenge where it was multiple groups going out and you had to be, yep. you know, it was a referral reward. Like the King was just like, we're trying to find what adventuring group is going to do best. So you need to do these seven tasks and whoever completes the most tasks and returns will receive the your favor money and you know, some, this magical scroll or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the storyteller basically gauged the failure and successes based upon how the party did. Meaning, if the party did very well at their success, like exceptionally well, mm-hmm. one of the other groups would do horrific on theirs. Oh. And the other one would complete the task. Interesting. So, like, maybe if if the main party didn't take any damage whatsoever and, like, just aced their way through it, maybe one of those groups lost a person mm-hmm. and didn't complete the task and came back broken. Mm-hmm. Like it's still there. And that guy's body is there. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And that way those tasks are still open. They could go do them, but now they're going to find a, whatever was there waiting for them is now geared up and has like lunch. You yeah. Know, yeah, kind yeah. of a yeah, thing yeah. And, they're telling the story of what happened so they can get intel from that, that group if they're willing to give it to them kind mm-hmm. of a thing, you know, and work it out. But yeah, it, it, he said that it found, he found that the, the party turned from like, yeah, we're going to win this no matter what to, God, this is exceptionally dangerous, mm-hmm. and these other people are are sh- we shouldn't be shunning them. Like we can all get close to finishing this.
0: Yeah, you've always got some like trauma bonding over yeah. the difficulty of the task. You, you know? know, they're of course,
1: they're, one of the teams was your typical like ace rival team. Sure, sure. That you know was completing their tasks without a problem, but at the same time, they were still taking they were still taking injuries the whole time. Sure, because the other group was being able to succeed, and if mm-hmm. they failed at all, like that group you know gloriously made it through theirs mm-hmm. you know kind of a thing and gained something from it and you're like mm, sorry, you know right, right 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 and but it changed like the players never caught on to that's what he was doing i thought that's brilliant i thought it was a really way, yeah. a neat way of handling the situation that is and brilliant. he said you can do this with your villains meaning if your players are failing your mm-hmm. villain is winning remember that yeah yeah and it's yeah, like yeah. oh that's a that's a interesting way to to punch the dynamic
0: that is that it's is a consequence i'm going to have to keep that in mind yeah Yeah. so um but uh you you had some really good consequences oh, in right your you own game this in here. i did Actually, i did uh it was revealed your last game uh, yes. So you've got this thing where there are these uh orbs of magic yes. that are attuned to your typical, like, D&D schools of magic. So divination, yep. necromancy, conjuration, abjuration, uh, yeah. things like that, right? Yeah. Um now, before we had a real big, a real good scope of what these things were and what you know who created them, what purpose they served in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you had this whole thing about these these evil wizards that were trying to do these weird this this weird thing with uh, with ma- with mirrors. Yes, um, that were the big bad evil guys. They were all an evil organization. So there Correct. Was lots and lots of people who were doing this. Um, one of your players got a hold of both the orb of divination mm-hmm. and the orb of necromancy. Yes. And said, Orb of Divination, show me all of my enemies. Mm-hmm. Orb of Necromancy, power word kill. Yep. And just, and just remote death striked all of them.
1: Yeah. And she, and the, the player, yeah. uh, the, the, I always have to remember, he, the character, yes, uh, witnessed through portals, these mirrored portals that showed up, the destruction that it wrought. Uh huh. And it was thousands dead.
0: And here this character is thinking like, Hey, alright, uh, I just uh just resolved that plot, just wash my hands of it, just mm-hmm. mass genocide of all of my all of my enemies, but mm-hmm. hey, they were all bad. Yep. Come last session. Yeah. And uh we we touch the orb of divination again and we get glimpses of, of possible futures. Yes. And one of them shows a vast army. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've come to find out that these orbs are here because an evil goddess of magic mm-hmm. created them essentially to
1: manipulate the creation,
0: manipulate, yeah. uh, uh, magic to be under her purview. Yep. Uh, and all of these, all the magic done with these orbs essentially goes through her. Mm-hmm. And all of the people that this character killed using these orbs are now essentially dead spirits in her spectral army correct we added thousands yeah. to her number yeah by wiping them off the material plane and putting them directly into her pocket
1: yep yep and you saw those people come back yeah because when uh, whenever you get close to destroying one going through the task destroying one uh she is alerted and so she always sends her arm, portions of her army as best she can. And in this case, she sent a, a good portion. And mm-hmm. in fact, one of the people that you outright murdered and his particular battalion, if you will, mm-hmm. show up and you're like, wait a second. How are you? Uh oh.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't murder him. Yes. I'm just a trail guide. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but needless to say
1: it did change your character's perspective. Yeah, it was it was yeah, real that's...
0: it was a real cool set of consequences.
1: Yeah. And it uh, there's more than that out there. That's just one part of it. Oh, I'm it, sure. But you can imagine I'm some sure. of the other pieces that are now coming into play because of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can I'm sorry. I mean like the but the, but the thing was I wasn't there for most of the beginning of the campaign when these mm-hmm. orbs were getting used. Like I was kind of there after the orb thing was kind of already settled. Mm-hmm. So is this all news to me, mm-hmm. uh, uh as a player and as a character, of kind of going, "You guys did what?" and finding out how deep that rabbit hole goes. But it was a cool set of consequences of of just seeing, you know, the uh, direct action and direct consequence because of action. Yeah, and and that sort of playing the long game of like this will eventually come back around to bite you. Yeah, it might take years to do.
1: It did, it but did. it came back to bite. And, and I think that's really why you don't write the future.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because
1: you never know when a moment like that is going to make a significant change. Mm-hmm. I had another one when uh, we had a, a a miraculous role that pulled – that changed my plot. Like, I had a yep. character leave that it- was an NPC who was meant to disappear,
0: it was a divine intervention. And a divine intervention
1: that was incredible. Uh-huh. And so I made an incredible change. I had to make an incredible change that brought that person back. Yeah. And that allowed something to come forward. Now it's taking me a little, it's taking me a little time to figure out how to get that into the narrative mm-hmm. and make it a lasting thing. But now it's going to have a, a weighty effect. Yeah. So.
0: And, and even just, just in the short term, like, and we're talking about consequences that are, um, you know, years in the making or anything mm-hmm. like that, but like, I don't really write. I, I I kind of have an overall sketch, like a framework for how I want my plot to go. Yeah. You know, I know essentially where my hard moves are going to be, mm-hmm. but how we're going to get there and what the plot is going to look like when it unfolds is never written mm-hmm. until the game session before. Yeah. Because I. I can't, I have to know what you guys did before. So I know what to make significant in the next section. Yep. You know, Mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be big things like killing thousands of people with magical orbs. Sometimes it's just a, an NPC you, you decide to talk to yep. that, that might get involved in a plot now or might not get involved in a plot now, or, you know, might be a friend instead of a, an enemy or might be an enemy instead of a friend. Right. You know,
1: um, Okay, so I, I think the, the next thing to really discuss is the concept of failing forward. Yes. Where we're, to get back to the root of consequences, and what happens with those players is that we have this misconception that failure is a no. You know, I think in some ways that, like, did the door unlock? When I tried to pick the lock, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Well, can I try it again? Well, no, you can't do the same skill check twice. Like,
0: Well, that's dumb, but I would just keep trying. You know? Right, right. I wouldn't yeah. just
1: stop. But the whole thing is, is that it is not so much that you can't fail. It's that your failure doesn't just stop the story. Right. You know, right. death stops stories. We know this. Mm-hmm. But not getting through a doorway, that's important. Remember, you put the door there for a reason. Yep. yep. You know? It, this isn't a video game where the door can't be unlocked, but there's a giant hole in the wall next to it that you can't step through, you know, <laughs> you know, the, which is silly, Is a f-
0: famous picture of that do- door in, uh, I want to say it's fallout three or something yeah. with that. That's like uh lock picking 100 required. And yeah. it's like half a door on a crumbled wall,
1: <laughs> right? That you can literally walk around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's those kinds of things that it's fa- failing forward does not mean you can't fail but it does mean that the when you do have consequences that advance the story it continues the story it's it's part of that narrative failing forward is about putting the narrative first it's about you know regardless good or for bad right so we're assuring that the characters have meaning to the story regardless of their actions consequences yes whether it's a positive or negative um so to do this, we have to think about the action as a whole, mm-hmm. not as a pass-fail. Um, you've got a, a, a good one in here that the DM101 uh, workshop, dmworkshop.com has, which is that you go to persuade a duke, right? Uh, to be, to just get passage through their lands. That's it. It's real mm-hmm. simple, right? It's a persuasion check. You fail it. Okay, the, the first response is... Okay, so what, are we just stuck now? We just can't go? Right. You know? It doesn't... It means that you didn't gain, garner the favor to do that, but maybe you learned something
0: from it. The the, the important thing is, as a storyteller, to then provide—still provide a way forward. Correct. Now, the way forward legitimately with the Duke's Blessing is shut. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't proceed forward. Right. Um, So the example that was given was like, uh, there are—you learn— because of your interactions with the duke and because the duke has snubbed you, um, there are people who are attempting to overthrow the duke Mm -hmm. that now see you as an ally because you were snubbed by him and they approach you to help them out to, to, to overthrow. Um, or you could just defy him. Yeah. Sneak out of the city. Mm -hmm. Maybe use some of these, you know, these, these rebellion, you know, people to, to help you do it. Yeah. There's a number of ways you can do it, but there's always an, option to move forward. Mm-hmm. Even if you need to take a couple steps to the side to do it, mm-hmm. there's always an option. The story doesn't stop
1: there. Yeah, I mean in your story mm-hmm. just in the most recent episodes that we've had, we weren't able to stop uh, the, the villain that we were dealing with from fleeing. Mm-hmm. They they fled. Now, we could have but we didn't. Mm-hmm. That That didn't happen. So now... There are going to be consequences for having that not succeed, but we didn't feel like it was a loss because at the same time, we were still in the sewers and we were able to find
0: the other NPC and save them. Yes.
1: Which felt like a win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. You still gained a, garnered a win out of it, even though the villain got away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the story is going to continue. Uh, With, with you know, the the villain having gotten away. They're going to be able to proceed with their plans in Mm -hmm. a certain way. um, That would have changed how the story came out. You know, if Yorda had been defeated, you'd have gone like, yay, Yorda's been defeated, now let's deal with the Count.
1: But one of the things you did with the um, Helgrid character Uh is we brought Helgrid back, and that garnered us favor with someone else. Yeah, it did. And gave us access that we wouldn't normally have had. Mm-hmm. It gave us favor. It gained us uh, um, compassion in a, in a direction so that we we now had a trust link. With somebody, we had, yes. we had raised a value with someone else, a reputational value, not unlike the the concept with the duke, mm-hmm. very similar to that. And I thought that the narrative direction of that made it feel more than just a "we save the princess" win. You know, yes. that doesn't give you yes. anything. This gave us a reputation win, mm-hmm. which was worth way more.
0: And you guys are a uh, mi- minor, minor, minor spoiler, um, yeah. but you guys are going to see more of that in the next session yeah. because. Uh, Two of our other players um, basically recovered, identified and recovered the bodies of the the blood fiends that you had killed, which are people's loved ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And so there there are people now who know where they're – I mean, it's sad that they're dead. They were turned into vampires and and killed, but at least they have closure. There are nine families out there that now have closure. And that will be a plot element in our, in our, which NXT. is wonderful. That that kind of way, because again, it's players interacting with the plot mm-hmm. in a specific way that doesn't feel like it has a consequence, but it should. Yeah, and it does absolutely. You had an yeah. effect. Like it's, it's such a small thing too for like the players to say like, oh, and yeah, we uh, we just uh you know let the people know on the wanted poster or the the missing persons posters that we found their we found their loved ones. Yeah, I mean the whole discussion was literally that long. Yeah, about that. But. It's such a, I mean, when you think about that action, mm-hmm. like really consider if this were the real world, you know, that's nine families you have had a profound impact, emotional impact on. Yeah. Positive at that. Positive. Impact, because they, yeah.
1: they've had negative impacts from everyone else. Like, exactly. oh, we're doing the best we can, you know. And nothing and getting nothing done. And nothing getting done. And then you step into town and two days later, everything kind of comes to conclusion for them. Yeah. You yeah. know. Exactly, they might not have much, but they have a voice,
0: and so just just thinking about these things and the effect your pcs have on the nPCs around them and stuff like that, just doing their job, just doing their basic mm-hmm. adventuring thing, you know uh you can have some really profound plot impacts like that,
1: okay, so getting that let's let's set a situation all right okay where let's let's start on the simple on the micro on the specific event you've of this failing forward idea because I think this kind of brings it into perspective mm-hmm. so you've got a door like your players have made the decision that they're going to break into this keep right there True. are guards they've snuck their way to a back door and they're going to unlock it mm-hmm. you know for anyone familiar with the most critical role animation you know <laughs> doors are hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, literally the biggest enemy but and and in that situation they have the same kind of thing but the player who has to unlock the door fails how do you fail forward in that situation and set up a consequence? Because you could just tell them, no, mm-hmm. you know, the door doesn't unlock. Okay. The the first reaction, the gut, you know, or you could say, you know, twitch reaction is to say the guards notice you. Mm-hmm. You know, you made too much noise and the guards come around the corner. Now you're directly into combat or or a chase. Mm-hmm. You know, if the players are like, we're bailing at that point. You know, like the guards see you and they chase you out and you do a little chase sequence and they leave. It just means they're going to come back the next night to try again. You're going to have double the garrison. You know, maybe that door is
0: being watched
1: more, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it feels like a repetition.
0: It feels like a repetition and it bogs the game down. Yeah. It, it you, You're not finding,
1: you're not really advancing the narrative in any way when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: do you let them
1: through the door though with a consequence? So the door opens and, you know, may, maybe while they're picking at the lock, the cook inside hears it and just opens the door thinking it's a guard trying to get in or something and failing mm-hmm. and sees this group of people and screams yeah okay so now you're dealing with the consequences of this bystander mm-hmm. not a guard not someone ready to kill them in any way just someone's screaming. okay which is definitely going to alert something how do you handle that opportunity or consequence yeah you know, yeah. can they continue moving through the story? Now is it a smash and grab? They bolt past the cook, and now have to make their way through a challenging event. Mm-hmm.
0: You know that may still not be a full combat situation. Do they take the cook hostage and now have to do the heist with what, with a hostage? With a hostage, yeah,
1: <laughs> and 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 possibly be the bad guys, and possibly you
0: know? be yeah, just because something went uh, went wrong. Um, yeah. I was listening to somebody else, and they were uh, they were talking about. Um uh what what are you really trying to do with this uh with this role? Yeah. Are you trying to unlock the door or are you just trying to get through the door unseen? You exactly. Know? And and that right there can inform your consequence because it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that with enough time the rogue is going to unlock the door. Yep. Um but is it going to happen fast enough that the patrol doesn't come around and see them doing it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think that's, that's
1: the feeling, you know, what kind of a feeling do you want to present? Mm-hmm. You know, these people are skilled. Even level one characters are skilled to a degree. Yes, You have to understand that you're better than the average person. Yes. So because of that, you have to change your mind frame about how challenging something is for them. You can't say, oh no, fighter, it is way too big of a door for you to open mm-hmm. when Literally, there's a handle and a lock on it and a normal person pushes it open. Yeah. Like, fine, I ignore the door and go through the wall next to it. <laughs> I'm level 10. This isn't a problem. Hulk smash. Know. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of a thing where it's like, why is this door a problem for you as a storyteller to open? And what is the real, what's the real meaning behind it? Yeah. Uh, and I, I always believe that there should be, a, a deeper meaning behind those simple tasks, if you really want them to be something that changes the narrative. um, And that kind of brings us to the the macro that we're dealing with, which is a, a situation that I, I read about where it was basically like a Batman kind of pit, you know, where in, in, uh, and I don't remember which one it is with Bane, where basically he ends up in this prison that's a pit.
0: Oh, that was the last, the last, the last of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies yeah. with Bane in it, yeah.
1: um, And He's basically kind of broken at the bottom of this pit, gets himself together, realizes he has to do this elaborate parkour to get out, basically Mm -hmm. Simon parkour. And no one, you know, only one person's ever done it, you know, and he tries and fails and tries and fails and finally succeeds. The players in this particular write-up had put themselves in this situation. They went and traversed a pit that... They knew would be a challenge and filled with problems, and the bottom of it is 100% filled with problems, but they got what they needed. They were now climbing out. They had not had a chance to take a short rest or a long rest because they're literally climbing a precipice of a wall that leads up to a tiny hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is no way for them to easily get out, uh, otherwise. So they're grinding through these successes, and they, he ended the session, the individual ended the session, um, with them failing to make their last checks Mm -hmm. all the players failed he was like do i just have them fall like i i I don't know the right way to handle this so it doesn't feel like a complete failure yeah and this is the kind of moment where you say okay do you fail forward do they succeed with a consequence that is is equal to the challenge Mm -hmm. and that's where weights can get very challenging to try and figure out how to handle and you know is it a matter of the the possibility of outcomes be that they, they don't follow the death that ends the story. Like, yeah, there's no, yeah. nothing good that comes with that. But is the, should the consequence equal the weight of the challenge? Do the players feel that? And is there a harm in talking to them narratively about it? Like, okay, guys, how do we want to handle this? And there were some really good representations. Like one of them said, okay, they're all hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Basically someone slips off the wall but they're roped together so that pulls that person free of the wall and now everyone else is dealing with this complication mm-hmm. okay so everybody's at disadvantage to their next check ooh that adds tension yeah but they get another check right and you know does that person then make the decision like no guys, I want you to make it and cut themselves free reducing that and letting them go mm-hmm. like, Okay, that's, that's a consequence. If if I were the DM and they said, I'm going to do that, 100% percent i would be like, okay, you cut the rope, you fall, the rest of you can make the climb out now. Yeah. Like, holy crap, that just happened. Yeah. Right. And it's it's those types of things that you can sometimes present to your players in moments like that and, and feel the consequences and the weight, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where failing forward can present more narrative because now... Now you have something to deal with. A, the death of a character. And B, you made it out with what you needed. And now it has more weight to you than what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, because someone else's blood is on it, essentially. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You're doing it for them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. And I, I I, love that if you can take the time to think about those moments, it can completely change your game.
0: Yeah, absolutely can. So... I mean, it requires a certain amount of buy- in from your from your players exactly yeah. but uh, but uh, if you can foster that environment it's to, that investment that. yeah, if
1: they were invested in that moment, and I think that's where that weight came from yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, All right. Now, uh, did you have any final thoughts or did you, do you want to do a roll into questions? I do have a few in here and some of it is just kind
1: of a, a recap to kind of help the people because we've talked about a lot of different things, but it really doesn't give you a good way of handling it. So I'm going to reiterate all adventures are just a series of doors. Make sure your doors have a purpose. Don't throw a door up in front of a player that doesn't have meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're literally just wasting time. I will flat out say, I have thrown doors in front of players because I needed a second. Yeah. <laughs> just, just I needed a second to handle a situation, and mentally. Um, but n- the one thing I'm going to say about that is nothing is not a consequence of a failure. You can't say nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It is literally what happens when the GM isn't doing their job. If your players come across the door and attempt to unlock it and fail it and you say nothing happens, you've done – you're not doing your job. Yeah. You're you're literally not telling a story at that point.
0: I have literally, not figuratively, literally had this situation happen and my player called me on it. Yep. You were at the table when it happened. Yep. Yep. (laughs) They were like, so can I just pick it again? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have our off moments. Then Then why did you want me to roll? 'cause rolling the pick locks is what you do in D and D. Yeah. I, I don't know. I <laughs>
1: And at some point you you do that. So, so one of the things that I did find was Gnome Stew does a really good job of what they call a menu of options. Who's Gnome Stew? uh, Okay. So Gnome Stew, I, I, I found this site randomly while, while looking through some resources and it was presented as a really good idea. And honestly, I love this. This is
0: GnomeStew.com. Yes.
1: Gnomestew.com has this. And I'll send, I'll post some links. I think it was really good. And, All this is, is that if you've got a failure, take a minute to look over this. It'll help you. Um, You can, A, remove resources. Just straight up remove resources. You know, oh, you failed it. Okay. The knife you were using to jimmy it while you were holding your pins in the lock snaps. Your knife is no good anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that was my good knife, you know, or whatever. Um, Or it can have a charge for the success. Meaning, like, maybe you're trying to get past the guards and you're persuading them, and they lead on to the fact that you're trying to get past them, and they're like, I mean, hey, you know, a couple of gold might make me look the other way. And you're like, "Yeah, it, man, this is going to cost me money. And so you grease their palm and you move on. That's the cost of success. Yeah, yeah. You know? sometimes there's other costs that are involved. Uh, the the proverbial pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you don't get the demons right, but the demon says, but I want that. Yep. And then I'll do what you want. And you're like, do I want to give that up? And the answer is, do you have a choice? <laughs> you do. There's a consequence. Um, the other is uh, you can create the challenges or complications with a choice. And... There are a plethora of things you can do for challenges and complications. We've talked about some of them earlier um, that go along with that, where you you get hurt. Um, There might be uh, a later complication of respect or reputation loss, things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, People noticing you, people staring at you. Uh, You know, you didn't get the thief, but the thief saw you, and he remembers your face. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so he's going to tell somebody. You know, that I'm not a member of the Guard, but I was trying to chase this guy down. Okay, the Thieves' Guild now knows that I am a bad person to talk to. I may not be able to work with them, mm-hmm. right, because of this. Add conditions. You know, maybe they get tired. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe it took too long and they've got a headache. You know, they're at disadvantage. uh They're, you know, uh prone. They get knocked prone, you know, which is another thing that I always oh, like. When you're trying to pick a lock on a door and the door opens into your face, you get knocked prone. Uh-oh. You know, mm-hmm. now, now you're caught flat footed, you know, things like that. Um, the drive toward doom, you know, is another one that comes back to that. And that is the like, hey, uh, while we're in this dungeon, uh, I remember you telling, you know, I, we remember saying that there was a secret uh, uh, door down here. And it's like, so you guys are going to search for the secret door right now? You understand it's going to take you a while if you don't succeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Roll it. Okay. Okay. It took... You know, you failed the roll. It took you all night and into the next day before you found the door. Mm -hmm. It's been a day and a half. You're all tired. Oh, my God. It took... We didn't realize how long it was taking us. Uh Uh-oh. What happened back at home? Because you took so long. Yeah, You know, another day forward. You know, did did the hostage get moved? Did the stakes get higher? Things like that. Right, right, right. You know, and... Sometimes failure is just failure, and that's because your players may not actually be doing, like, they're trying to do something that just gives them an advantage. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's a thing where your players are like, hey, if I do this, does this mean I, you know, because I did a perception check or an ambush check, I I get this thing. Yeah, it didn't work out. Mm Mm-hmm like, okay, yeah. there you go. It is yeah. absolutely just okay. It is okay to just say no. you fail. You, you, nothing, you happens. No, nothing happens to that, you know. Yeah. And it's like, we're, oh, we're going to set an ambush for this guy. Great. You try and set up the ambush and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Just too many people there, you know, you, you can't get a good position. Okay. Yeah. So the ambush doesn't happen. You don't have to fail them forward on something like that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So just a short list of things you can do and again, I'll post that up on our Discord so people can, uh, can go there because there's some really great stuff in there and You can't always think of stuff off the top of your head. I'm bad at it when I'm not on Groove. It's kind of nice to have these little tool sets to be able to go, you know, I need something. (laughs) Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, all right, questions. Questions. Uh, So
0: Hulavu asks, uh, there are many reasons to hand out consequences, but often it's hard to, quote, hurt a character (laughs) that your player at the table um, and yourself have become attached to. How do you manage the emotional effects of hanging out hard or handing out hard consequences?
1: be a stone cold killer
0: <laughs> yeah it's um, it's challenging it is it is challenging it is challenging uh i mean i think handing out hard consequences is it's difficult because the 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 initial impulse i think is to uh just wallop them you know you Mm -hmm. you reached for the stars and and you got burned you know yeah uh you flew too high too close to the sun yeah um but i i think this is where kind of your like failing forward and your your consequences with uh you know with opportunity kind of come in you know Mm -hmm. or um you can definitely pad that by being like, yeah, okay, this happens. And even if it takes a scene or two to kind of hand out the, the silver lining, Mm -hmm. you know, show them in some way that just because there is a hard consequence levied on them, that that doesn't mean that everything is, you know, is boots up. Um, Mm -hmm. that there is an open door there somewhere. There is an opportunity, even if it may not be an ideal situation, they can still move forward.
1: Yeah. And, comfortable shoes make an easy road but it doesn't make it interesting it's true and i i'm sorry if everything was perfect and utopia was great we wouldn't tell stories
0: beer because no fun story ever started
1: with a salad that's <laughs> so true <laughs> except obviously those marketing ads where the women are laughing i don't get that we all laugh into our salads oh, yeah I, I i wish i could mm-hmm. um so yeah, just remember that sometimes when you give your character a scar, they'll go and show that off the next time around.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that the, the the harder the consequences, the more the more you should show them uh that you know they're the story is going to continue, mm-hmm. and and that's I think how you pad and that get board. more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So Overwatch asks, when it comes to a player's act, player actions having consequences, how do you draw the line between consequence and punishment? Is that distinction an afterthought or is it important to the well-being of your gaming table?
0: Um, I think the line between consequence and punishment follows very closely with the line between in and out of character, um, in a lot of ways for me. Okay. Like, uh... Characters have consequences, players get punishments you know I I, think I, that, I I can agree with that to a degree, and I mean i don't to 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 be to be clear, I don't think players should get punishments like I don't think that's how your table should operate at all that's no. you're you're creating a punitive sort of environment at your table mm-hmm. um but I think a lot of like a lot of storytellers fall into this trap where they they try to handle uh out of game problems in game.
1: Mhm.
0: And they're like, "Well, this this one character keeps, you know, creating uh, all sorts of distractions and murder hoboing people and is basically ruining my entire game. How do I punish the character?" And, and you don't. You don't don't punish the, that's that's the player being a jerk at your table and, and missing the theme. And missing the theme and yeah. not playing well with others and just yeah. generally being an evil menace. Yeah. You address the player. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's how you avoid punishment. hmm. Consequence should feel like a logical, a logical following of actions, and it should also feel like it's a product of the story. Like, when done well, your consequences should just feel like another twist in the plot. Yep.
1: And there is something to be said for people who have characters that are. Where they're role playing a character who has a certain personality, whether they are sassy, uh, egomaniacal, things like that. Mm-hmm. If they're a challenging character that you've accepted and you feel is moving forward in the plot, but they still are doing things that are either counter to ethical things that are happening in game, maybe they're counter to some of the ethics of the players, you know, as long as the players are okay with it, that's where it's a consequence mm-hmm. for their actions. Their reputation is getting harmed. The reputation of the group gets harmed. So that you're swinging the story back into the setting. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz it's very easy if you don't have a setting that that presents itself to their players in a way that they can understand. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of people who talk about 7C end up getting murder hobo teams in 7C and it's like that's not the setting. It's very chivalrous. Yeah. You you may tag somebody, but you're not going to
0: murder anyone. You murder somebody in a duel. Like, that that's horrific. I'll be dead honest with you. To this day, on that subject, to this day, I am still... Like, Sarah is confused why shooting a pirate captain (laughs) that is trying to board them and murder every single one of them, why shooting him in the head was wrong.
1: There's a time and a place for
0: everything. (laughs) I... (laughs) I don't get it. Nope. Nope. Should I have let them board us and start killing people? It's, it's a matter of, of,
1: uh, that's a longer discussion. All right. That's all a right. We'll, we'll talk about it And again, here, but, but that's also but about still. the
0: presentation. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know, but there was consequences But there was that. consequences. To and, that. and okay. I'm, I didn't understand it. Sarah didn't understand it. Madeline certainly didn't. Correct, correct. Uh, but okay. And I realized that it was a thing. It was a choice I made. It was a misstep, and I dealt with the consequences of it. And it changed but
1: your character wholly.
0: It changed. It changed a lot of my character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I think, but th- that's my thing about consequences and punishment. I agree with the whole fact that punishment is really not something that happens, but consequence should happen mm-hmm. for actions. But I think if you're dealing with punishments, yeah, it's a punishment is is better handled outside of the table. Of like, is this? Are you guys all like? okay with this no we're not all right well then maybe we should move on like maybe this character needs to move on and we need to do something else you know um so yeah i I always think that i think that's my distinction is that it if it's changing the narrative of the story and the other players in the group do not agree with
0: it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then it needs to be discussed as players yeah i agree uh, so Nevim asks us, uh, how do you find the right consequences to apply? <laughs> uh, for me, um, I mean, the, the first question is what would logically happen? Yeah. Uh, second is immediately following that is what's fun and dramatic mm-hmm. to have happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, con- and, and conversely, what isn't fun? Right, you know, the it's it's one thing to levy out consequences, um, and just be like, oh yeah, rocks fall, you all die, because that's you know, kind of getting back to your you know climbing out of the pit thing. Mm -hmm. The first thing you were you know you you'd mentioned there was that the the storyteller in question was asking like, you know, if they fail, do they do they just fall and die? Right. And I'm like, no, no, hard, no, yeah, like that's not fun. That's that's. It's not rocks fall all die. It's PCs fall they all die. You know, mm-hmm. and nobody wants their characters, especially their whole campaign, to end like that. That's just mm-hmm. anticlimactic and super fun, and nobody would have fun with that. Right? Is it the most realistic consequence? Probably. Yeah. But it's the least fun. Yeah. So don't do it.
1: Yeah. So you know? so so make an make an exchange.
0: So the it, it's 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 finding that correct intersection of. What is realistic? What fits the narrative? What's a logical conclusion to this point of failure um, or point of success? I mean, as we're talking about consequences, um, but doing that all with the mind of what is going to be engaging for the players and create an interesting narrative in it's in its outcome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then should a consequence be easily linked to its parent action? Absolutely. I think so. Even if it comes later you should be able to hand uh, a player should be able to connect the dots yes yes
0: um and you'll be surprised especially if you're playing the long game with people um you'd be surprised how dense some of your characters can be <laughs> when you, when you like when you're writing it it seems obvious
1: Yes, because you see everything.
0: Because you see everything, and you're mired in your plot 24-7. But your players, you know, you're going to have significant gaps there. They may not realize that the reason that the big bad evil guy has the magical scepter is because 17 game sessions ago, an NPC tried to offer it to you, but you didn't realize what it was, so they gave it to the villain instead. Yeah. You know? But spelling it out or showing that to them in some way is always an option. Mm -hmm. You have full narrative control. You should use it. Yeah. You know, um, to help them link these things so that it doesn't seem like it's coming out of left field.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just going to say I agree. Things coming out of left field feel like a loss of agency, and that's bad for your players. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So. All right. I think we've gone a little long. But we've got a topic. We are going back to Storyteller 101 next week uh, with the player's role. We're going to be talking about like pre-gen characters, restrictions, uh, handling things during Session Zero, and the fact that you can say no when you're actually sitting at the table and putting stuff together. Because it is your story,
0: Yep. no matter how jointly it's being told with everyone else. So Storyteller 101, the player's role. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at st underscore conclave on Instagram at st underscore conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave. And join us on our Discord. Uh, shoot us some questions; we'd mm-hmm. love to answer them here on the air. You can find the link to our Discord on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com.
1: We'd like to thank our Patreon name members: Knox the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Huluview. We truly appreciate all your support every single month. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at Patriot.com slash Arcane Anthems. Our intro music, which you uh, heard at the beginning, was Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at Geefrog.Bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org.
0: And a big shout-out, as always, to our families, Vicki and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. All of our friends with us at our tables over the years who give us these great stories and experiences to share with you. And you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. We love you guys. Good night.
1: Good night.